Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 237th of Korea podcast. Our today's, our today's guest is Miss Joyce Da Silva. She's a uh, level artist at Donut Studios based in Montreal, Canada. And of course, before going to the questions, let me quickly mention that in the four contact section of the captions, you can find the ID to our Instagram account and also link to our art station. You know, our decision is to look at the her posts and works that you can see above us in the YouTube version in with more in in depth and details with stuff like that, you know, the breakdowns and all that good stuff out there. So you can check it out. And with that added away, how are we doing today? I'm good. Thank you for the invitation. Oh, my pleasure. Actually, fun fact for anyone who's listening. Um, no, I'm not high on any drugs or something. You know, my eyes are really bloodshot, right? I'm very aware of that. Like the circumstances that's, you know, really um, surrounds this episode is kind of interesting because like, you know, I was just, we actually I actually messaged her like about a week ago and we've been, you know, trying to on and off, trying to, you know, set something up. But then suddenly, like today, I said, hey, want to do it today? And she was like, yeah, sure. And I was in the cafe when I, I think I said that. So I kind of didn't expect as well. So I was like, all right, let me just get home. Let me take a shower and I quickly pop right back behind my laptop and record. So, yeah. So here's the thing. The reason I'm mentioning that for anyone who's there, there are a lot of people who came on a podcast before and they were like super shy or say, oh, no, I have to prepare. No, just go in like like that's it. Like, you know, it's kind of like a professional thing, you know, to be honest. So you try to not really get the stress about like the recordings and stuff like that. And the good thing about the podcast is it's not live. So I mean, any because a lot of the guests actually, because I think you asked me that as well. Yeah, yeah, the, I can be more relaxed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I get that because if actually I'm glad it's not live as well. You know why? Because before we yeah. tried to record, I kind of messed the interrupt pretty badly. So yeah, I'm kind of glad that's not live as well. Um, but yeah, all right. That was an interesting point about this episode. But now let me quickly jump into the first question and signature question of the podcast, which I started episodes with, which is give us a little introduction on how we got into the world of visual arts and design. Basically, tell us your story of you know how you became an artist, basically. Okay. Yeah. So that's a long story. Well, I get. Uh, I don't know how much detail do you want. <laughs> but, as um, much detail as you want. There's <laughs> right, no okay. limitation. When I was a little kid, <laughs> I really liked video games. So that's something I always had with me. Like I like playing, and uh, but I have no idea that you could work uh, making video games. So when I grew up, uh, I always, I also like science and astronomy and all of that. So I wanted to study uh, aerospace engineering. <laughs> so when uh, when I was in high school and I graduated, uh, I went to Brazil <laughs> to study uh, aerospace engineering. I stayed there uh, for a whole year. Uh, I won't say how long, but I didn't last a lot. I'll just say that. And um, something I noticed is that I, I really liked drawing as well. And it's something I really didn't, I didn't give it a thought about, well, there's something I can do with this. Uh, so uh, one of my best friends in Mexico, he started studying uh, animation. And I was like, oh, okay, that's an interesting career. So I... Um, 
I just uh, stopped studying for uh, for engineering, and uh, I realized I was uh, using Photoshop. I was drawing. I was I discovered uh, this subreddit called Photoshop Battles. So I really love that, and I won like two times. Uh, so I was really motivated about that. Also, there was another subreddit called Reddit Gets Drawn. I was super like that. That that was my motivation to draw better, and I could use the faces of people to practice. So I was like, well, what if I study like something related to this? Also, I was also the girl who edited videos, who liked recording, who likes doing all of that stuff. So everything was coming together. And uh, the, th the thing is, in Mexico, there are not, I grew up in Mexico, so there are not a lot of animation school. So my friend told me that the school he was studying, it wasn't that good. Um, so I was looking for other options, but my father was like, I just want you to study something. So he just got me into graphic design, to study graphic design. Uh, so yeah, so that's what I studied. I studied graphic design. It was, it was okay at the beginning because you could uh, draw or do some interesting things like uh, color theory and uh, so it was kind of artistic but you know graphic design is not really an artistic side it's more like a, more to a marketing side uh, so while I was studying I started doing more research about animation and I found a school in Guadalajara where I wanted to go there but uh, it was too expensive there was another school in Mexico City and it was also like too expensive my father was like you will need to go to another uh, city you know pay rent and school and the school was telling us that we don't recommend you to work and study so you can focus so yeah that wasn't really an option so I just uh, went ahead and studied uh, graphic uh, graphic design which I don't think it it wasn't that bad uh, because I could have like uh, more uh, I could learn about you know composition as I said uh, color theory and all of that really really helped me and um, and then I, I discovered you could do because the career it was called graphic design and animation so but the animation part it, it was not like to anima animation films or video games. It was mostly to, to motion graphics, like that kind of part, like a graphic designer who can also do like a little bit of uh, 3D modeling. But uh, we, we weren't enough uh, students, <laughs> so they didn't open that part of the career. <laughs> Uh, so we didn't have a professor or anything. It was online and uh, it was very, like, not up to date. So I remember a guy called, I think his name is called Mike Hermes in YouTube. And he, he's a guy who, who teaches uh, 3D model and all of that. So 
I just started watching his videos and doing uh, models. Then I discovered Sketchfab. Then I discovered ArtStation. And I was like, wow, there's like a whole career that you can do here. Because I, I wanted to do concept art as well. Uh, so my career was, I just wanted to finish, have uh, have the paper and all of this. But at the same time, I was researching what can I do, what can I study to get into that industry. And uh, it was just uh, the last years of my career was just uh, looking at uh, YouTube videos and and courses like like we talk about. And um, yeah, from that, I learned how to do 3D art and I fell in love with it because um, it, it, uh, it was easier for me to do that, that do concept art, <laughs> that to draw. Uh, and with the Sketchfab, like you can, you can see the 3D models and in 360 and all the styles. I really, I really like that. So at school, we have uh, one of the last year, we have a semester where we have to work in a, in a company. And um, obviously the school didn't have like anything for animation. It was mostly like to go to work in, uh, to be a graphic designer. But when, while I was studying, I really hated that. I really hated being a graphic designer. Um, so I tried my best. Like I, I really focused and learned the most that I co could of 3D art to try to find a job or a studio in Mexico where I could do my, uh, what do you call it? Like, like uh, my, you know, where you're a student and go to the, to, you don't really work. You don't internships. Really work yes, yes. To do an internship, and um, so I uploaded some stuff that I was practicing on my art station, and uh, I was really lucky because there was this company in Cancun who was looking for three D artists, and uh, yeah, I was super happy because we uh, they talked with the school and and everything worked out. And I went to Cancun to work there. I did six months of internship there. I met a lot of awesome artists in Mexico. Like I started like unlocking this new world that I didn't knew it existed in Mexico. Uh, but sadly, <laughs> uh, the, in the industry is not very stable, especially for video games. Animation, it's, it's getting there, but for video games, it's very hard like to have a studio. Um, so I, I could stay there for a year. And when I graduated from school, um, the company closed. <laughs> so I was without a job, but uh, it was okay because I already had one year of experience with video games, which was a lot at that time. A lot of people in the company had a lot more of experience and uh, they were finding other jobs. But for me, it was a lot harder because I was just graduating. I didn't have a lot of experience. And um, I spent those months uh, doing 3D art. I discovered Unreal Engine 
So I just uh, try to do an environment in Unreal. It's a, a Japanese one I have and a Chinese one I have. Those two, I made it uh, throughout that mo those months where I was without a job. So then one of my friends who was working there in Cancun came to work um, here in, in Montreal. So I came to visit and I prepared my portfolio. And uh, I, um, I, I went to a lot of video game events. And yeah, so one, one of those companies hired me, which was uh, CyberConnect2. Uh, they, they were a company, they did anime games. There I could work in a Kimetsu no Yaiba game and one game uh, from Naruto. And um, the thing is, the two environments I had, one was Chinese and the other one was Japanese. So they made uh, Japanese stuff. So I used a uh, real engine, so everything matched. I was learning Japanese, so they also asked me if you if I knew a bit of Japanese. So that really helped, and everything matched. And uh, yeah, I got hired and, and came here to to Canada. And after a while, I just uh, changed company to the one I'm right I am right now. And yeah, that's that's how I made it. <laughs> All right, awesome. And actually, yeah, on your profile, it was I was kind of confused because you said I want to be a pilot astronauts. In the meantime, I make 3D art worlds and stuff. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that kind of explains it all. And um, yeah, there's just a bunch of interesting stuff, you know, about, you know, everything you said, like, for example, how um, the industry in Mexico is not that strong, which is just kind of like, in, like interesting to me because like there are a lot of Mexican artists, you know, that like really good artists, you know. Oh yes. So uh, I, that's kind of what you know surprised me a bit, you know, like how like is it even possible to not have a studio in, especially like you, you could easily like in the country right now these days with the internet have an outsourcing studio in any country. So and that it's still, I don't know. It, it, there should be yeah, more there studios, you know? There are, there are some studios. There's one really big outsource studio in, in Monterrey. Uh, but at the time, I think they, they, they weren't hiring. I know there are a lot in, in Guadalajara. At the time, I can think of two studios which are doing very good. But um, at the time, I didn't knew about them or they weren't or they weren't hiring uh the talent is there like it, it's full of uh, talented artists like in all latin america but uh it, it's really hard like, i i feel that like the animation industry it's a lot more stronger but for video games i feel it's way more way more difficult to you know you have to have enough money to have a company make a game make it a success or try to make games uh that you probably it's not the games you really would love to do but these are the games that you know will sell and at the same time so you can maintain your company and then make a game you will really like to do like it, it's very difficult like to go and make a very big game and uh, you're risking it all it's it's a bit hard, but uh, I know it's getting a lot better. This last, uh, I was there in 2020, 20, 2019 and 2020, where I was looking for a job. So that's three years ago. And 
now I, I can see like the industry is getting is getting there but something that happens is the same thing that happens to me like you have an, an artist and uh, there's not a studio where, where you can do what you want so it, it's way easier or, or to have like a better uh, quality of life as well because in the city I grew up in Mexico it's not like the safest one <laughs> so I uh, I also wanted to uh, to go to another place or either another city of, uh, of Mexico or uh, I mean of course of course I, Canada was like the thing I also wanted to, to do so yeah. <laughs> yeah, by unsafe you mean cartel level unsafe or like No, just... that's that's the, <laughs> that's the north part of the country. I'm from the, the from the center. Uh-huh. And I from the it's called the state of Mexico. There's a lot of uh feminicide and <laughs> and uh, yeah, like <laughs> Yeah, not so fun uh, stuff, yeah. Not so fun stuff, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the other really interesting thing from your story is that our stories are really similar in a lot of senses. Like, mm-hmm. what I mean by that is I kind of, I had the same thing. I went to study mechanical engineering in the hopes of then later majoring in aerospace engineering, engineering oh, because cool. I loved robotics and like spaceships yeah. and just, I was like, yo, I'm going to do that, but... I didn't have any like role model, role model or mentor to tell me that, hey, Ramtin, the reason you like this is because of the art, the design aspect, which yeah. is like less than five percent of everything that's in the major. Yeah, actually, what I discovered there, one of the reasons I left, and um, is that I I didn't really like being like engineer because you really like need to kind of love maths. Like, for example, for for the art part. I mean, I do have to 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 make the hours to get better, but at the same time, I really enjoy it. It comes natural. If I'm bored, I, I start doing some stuff. But uh, with uh, everything related to engineer and science, I I really had to to have a lot of motivation to do it or have a lot of uh, discipline to do it. I really what I liked was the was not the theoretical part. It was like, for example, being a pilot, like I really wanted to to be a pilot and that's not something an aerospace engineer do. <laughs> so that's something they told me. And I actually tried to be a pilot after leaving uh, the aerospace engineer career. But um, my, my parents wanted me like, and, and I'm actually kind of glad because uh, being a pilot, it's also a bit of unstable. <laughs> so, so yeah, so yeah, it was uh, kind of kind of difficult. Uh, and yeah, in the end, I'm super glad I'm, I changed career. I mean, later in life, you can always get your license, you know, piloting license. Yeah, I guess. that's why yeah. I still have it there. <laughs> like, I want to be a, a pilot, not an astronaut anymore, <laughs> but. Um, I still would like to be a pilot, but I mean, it's super expensive as well. So I can be a, a pretty astronaut in a game. I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, you can even still be an astronaut in real life. I mean, there are sure you might not be able to physically go into space, but spiritually you can go into space, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, there are like. 
helpful ways, like things that could help you elevate your spiritual frequency so you can, you know, experience all the cosmos and even see the God, the man himself, you know, so. Whatever uh, I want, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that was one interesting um, bit. One thing I would like to do actually is to, to work or to help kind of a way the aerospace industry, like uh, for example, they send missions to space and in order to the general audience to get invested into that, you need to make like a video or animation, a game or something. So I, I don't know, it's not something I'm, I'm chasing, but uh, that would be nice to do, like work uh, with a space agency or something and do something for them. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, it's not something I'm chasing, and I should. I don't know. Yeah, actually, yeah, just an idea. Yeah. Yeah, actually, fun fact: like uh, one of the first in the first twenty episodes I ever did on a podcast, I had a guy. I think his name was James Trelly. He was like like a main content creator and a video editor for NASA. So he oh. did a lot of three D stuff even for NASA. So I mean, yeah. it's possible. I mean, why not? Like, there's a lot of space agencies all around the world who need, you know, talented artists and, you know, people who can actually visualize their the vision of their mission and the stuff like that. So, you know, never lose hope. Yeah. Do your own stuff and see what happens. And yeah, that would be cool. But at the same time, I'm like, I will need to model stuff like that. So, at, at right now, I'm, I'm, I prefer way more, like, doing the type of video games I do than doing that. But yeah, that, that's an option. Guess what I did today? I pre-ordered a Starfield from Bethesda. Do you know oh, the game? yes. Oh, yes. You can do that. Yeah, Bethesda is here. And I remember they were working in that game. And I, I didn't apply. I don't know if I had the chance, but I didn't even try. Because I was like, there will be a lot of space stuff i should have tried actually but um to apply but um and i i, I saw the the trailer and i'm like wow <laughs> this game i already want to play it like. <laughs> yeah i mean hopefully it's not like a bug ridden like you know game like you know because a lot of early triple a releases are just you know it's just you know they they put the, a lot of pressure on the artists and the team to get on crush and just get ship something else so they can later ten days later patch all the bugs in a apology patch or something which is the trend right now in most AAA industries. But I really hope that's actually like the bugs aren't that really game breaking. But I mean Bethesda games are majorly known for their <laughs> bugs. You know, let's be yeah. honest. Let's not kid ourselves. But I'm actually excited because it's like the first original new IP out of Bethesda in 25 years. So I'm really hyped to see, you know, how it is. And actually there's a lot of like cameos from like, you know, uh, I don't want to spoil too much, but there are some even special cameos and Easter eggs from, you know, past games in the game, in this game oh as well. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm just going to say one, because this is, this one everyone knows at this point. Do you, have you played Elder Scrolls Oblivion? Yes. The adoring fan. Do you remember him? No. No? Oh. Do you know, all right, that it's the little. Ah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. 
a spiky yellow haired guy that when you get out of the arena starts chasing you everywhere he's like a huge fanboy of your character because you win the arena and he's he's just so yeah. such an annoying character in the game yeah, yeah. and they brought him back in the format of this game if you pick a certain perk in the beginning stat of the game in the menu like a hero something an NPC really liking yeah. with the, all the manners of my, I think even the same voice actor, it starts chasing you everywhere in the Starfield game. So yeah, I'm real hyped for the game, and yeah, I, I actually bought pre-ordered myself for my birthday gift for myself. <laughs> so yeah, um, I'm really excited to see how it is. It's gonna get released September six, but especially because I'm mentioning this because like you know you're you seem to be really fan of sci-fi and you know space stuff. So yeah, I think you you'll enjoy it. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm very excited for that game as well. But at the same time, they say the world will be like very big. I'm just expecting that it doesn't feel like a bit empty or a bit generic. They say it won't, but of course they have to say that. So I just hope uh, it's uh, like you said, it doesn't have like a lot of bugs or and and that it's really good. So let's see. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it has it. There's going to be a lot of problems with this. I mean, because, of course, you know, I mean, in my personal opinion, I think Todd Howard just said that just as like a title, like a bullet point to, you know, kind of market the game. Like, there's a hundred different planets you can go and blah, blah, blah. But to me, I don't want to go to 100 planets. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. want to. I, I want a good single player experience. I mean, make 10 planets, but yeah, make yeah. them really good. But I mean, that's these days what's going to get people's attention, I guess, you know, to, it's basically to show off their like technical ability and prowess of the studio mostly, which I mean, if they pull it out, kudos to them, you know, honestly. And um, yeah, and here's the thing, you know, if you um, with procedural generate generated, you know, planets and you know levels and stuff like that especially if it gets ex expanded your save file is going to get larger and larger and larger so there's going to be a lot of bugs in that as well i i already can see that that and sometimes when some save files get really large they might get corrupted which um it's not fun and but the thing is you know you should like of course there's workarounds on how to do it but there are not necessarily like you know ways that you know you should do it. like but here's the thing like in fallout in fallout games or skyrim you know I, when i was a kid i used to overwrite on the same file all the time which is a huge mistake because that leads to bugs you should like you know there's let's say 10 save slots on the game all right one two three four five and when you make your first playthrough you pick the first one usually and you keep saving on it as you go but no the correct way actually to do it in rpg games is to just keep saving on new files new files it, it I don't know how the magic goes, but it basically kind of prevents from a lot of bugs and, you know, uh, prevents the corruption of save files, basically. That's what I'm trying to say. So when you get, like, a project with that size, and imagine there's there's going to be some crazy people who want to explore, like, there are going to be, like, records who's going to explore the most amount of stars, probably. Like, hundreds, thousands. I, I don't know if, it's, if that's going to be possible in the game, to be honest. Like, you know, with the scale they're promoting and advertising. But if it's possible, it's going to be a huge technical challenge, honestly. Yeah, th they've been working for that game for a while now, so let's see how it works. But as you said, I prefer them doing like 10 different planets and knowing that the cities they made were like really planned and probably a little bit of a 
I don't know, another five words that are a bit more uh, procedural. But um, yeah, as you said, it's also like exploring the technology. So let's see how that turns out. Yeah, definitely. And actually they did, Neo Atlantis was the name of the city they worked on, which is like they said, it's the biggest city they've ever worked on in any game or IP, which is going to be really interesting. I hope like, and, and it's said to be have the most amount of quests or stuff like that. So I don't know. I hope they really deliver on that. I honestly hope, hope so. I really don't want to get disappointed. And like the thing with Bethesda is, you know, like one of the things I have for myself is I want to like, like probably they're going to start working on Fallout 5 in 20 years or 15 years or something. So my goal is by the time that happens, I want to be able to get my portfolio to a level that I can join the join the team and work on Fallout 5. That's like that's yeah. actually one of my long term goals. If like yeah, I don't get into a car accident or something and I'm still alive, I definitely would want to work on Fallout 5. To be honest, if that makes sense. So yeah, yeah it would be the Elder Scrolls 6, but uh, they're as already. Said, as you said. Already or seven? <laughs> well, seven, yeah. Time, but at the same time, it's like I said. Like I really like. I mean, I I can I can go there and work for a while, but uh, for an environment artist, I have like I'm not a fan of a medieval architecture or uh, nature. So at the same time, I'm like, okay, I'll be so happy to work in this game, but. Uh, from the long time, uh, I wouldn't be that excited for me. Um, but of course, I mean, if they call me, I'm like, yes, please. <laughs> All right. And well, in the title of the, in the beginning of the podcast, I mentioned that you're a level artist and also you're an environment artist as well, with, of course, based on the works that people can see above us on YouTube versions, like not actually above us, Jesus. Like, I mean, you know, in the YouTube version, when I edited it, like I posted like a demo reel of the guests' works <laughs> there on the top. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, your your portfolio is pretty environment heavy, so it's kind of obvious that you're an environment artist, level artist. Yep. But now I want to ask you this is actually kind of kind of two-folded question. The first part is like, you know, tell us how basically you stumble upon environment art, specifically not like other stuff, like not prop art or character art. Or, I don't know, there's a lot of, you know, different disciplines, as you know. And my second part of the question is, how does your design process usually go anytime you want to start working on a new design project? Like basically, what does the structure of your pipeline look like? Like, how do you go about like making environments basically? Okay, so for the for the first question, I ended up in environment art uh, kind of by ac not accident, but that's where life took me. Like those were the tutorials I started watching. Um, I like characters. I also try characters, but I don't know. I, I really like the idea. The reason I like video games it's because I like the immersion part of it. So I was really interested in creating an environment and being able to experience it, like to be inside it. That that's something I I really was um, searching to do. So that's why I ended up doing uh, environment. Also in video games, it's the at least for me, is the first thing I see, is the first thing I like or I admire. So that's that's why I ended up doing that. 
And after discovering a reel as well, I I like doing props. That's I think I think that's one of the things that really relaxes me because I can spend all of my time like in little details and all of that. But with environment, it's so broad that I really like like uh, doing the lining part, doing the level art part, discovering shaders where I'm not really good, but I love like ex- experimenting with a lot of techniques. Uh, so, you know, environment art, it's super broad and that's how I, I just uh, ended end up doing environment. And the way I start, um, I just gather references. There, there's two ways I can go. If I see uh, a concept I, I love, I just uh, try to imagine how can I do that. I, I'm already stuck with uh, Blender and Real Engine 5. So I don't have like I, I already like kind of familiar with the pipeline and all of that. Uh, for example, I want to do something new right now, and it has water, and I just watch a bunch of tutorials of how can I do water. No, right now I have the I'm lucky to be working to amazing. Uh, talented artists so now I can ask them like I'm stuck here like how do I do because you know like learning by yourself it can be super difficult or you can pick up uh, techniques that are not really that good and you don't you don't have enough experience to judge it so that's a that's a that's a plus to be able to reach someone and yeah I, I just gather a lot of uh References. I immediately go to Unreal and I start uh, blocking, uh, trying to put the camera, trying to find the angles I, I like. Only with the blocking, a little bit of, of lightning to try to tint a bit the scene and try to get a look of how it will look at first. What I do, I don't know if it's a good thing, but I try to tackle first the difficult parts just to see if I'm able to do it. Like, uh, I don't know if it's trees, if, if it's water, if it's, uh, if it's wind, I don't know. I, I just, I like to play around it. And once I'm a bit familiar with the technique, I start creating grass because I just have to do like, uh, plan ahead my, if I'm going to use trim sheets, if I'm going to use modular pieces, uh, try to figure out the, the architecture, um, try to put it all together and have all my all my blocking, and then in the end I just uh, finish to to model all the all the props. But by now I, I probably already have a have a lining. Uh, I also do another scene. This is something I I I did in my last company and in, in this company. Like I have my environments with my lining, so I can kind of see where it, where is it where is it's going sorry uh, but i also have another scene where i can test uh, my lightning with with uh, my neutral lightning and see how it actually looks like how the prop looks how my textures looks in the engine and uh, yeah so in the end i just finished doing all the props and just finish uh, finish it all the effects right if i want wind if i want 
uh, fog or, or or dust particles and the camera movements and yeah, that's process which I'm still refining. I'm not a uh, <laughs> I'm not uh, I'm not super good at it right now. I kind of like. Uh, struggle a bit with <laughs> some parts, but uh, it has worked to me for me so far. All right, awesome. And all right, who are some of your favorite artists and designers that have inspired you the most? Artists um, from the start. I mean, I, I will start from the beginning, like in Mexico, because. The artists I met in my the first company like were really really inspired for me. Uh, they were my my first uh, lead was called uh, Saragossa. I forgot his name actually, Alex Saragossa, and uh, he has a company just called uh, Custom Play in Mexico. There is another guy called Jos Gonzalez. They also have a company called ink and light works so those were like my first like wow there's another girl called itzel martinez she was also like really good doing characters i started like like we talked before like in mexico or latin america it's like full of super awesome artists there's another one called manny Sal salguero and um when i discover station or coming to canada i started to uh discover more artists that were uh, specific for the environment art in games so so the the one of the first one was Thiago because i i discovered one of his uh, courses he had with unreal and i discovered his work and i've been following since uh, and i'm super amazed there's another guy in gearbox but i'm really bad at names so <laughs> i feel so bad uh, but he has also really good art. Um, there's another guy also in, in Gearbox called Jimmy. Jimmy. I'm really bad at names. Actually, I can try to see here. Jimmy Malachier. <laughs> I think he's French, so I'm sorry. Um, he has a stylized start. He does. Uh, he do textures. Who else? Well, I don't have more mind right now. <laughs> really bad with me. Well, I, I other artists I liked are from uh, Blender, uh, Grease Pencil Artists, which is like my my last environment was made there. His name is. It's also French. So I'm sorry. The the douse the douse. Wait, I think I know his YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. something like that. There's yeah. also another famous Greece pencil artist, the Kevin Dram, something like that. Do you know him? I don't know. There is another girl called Sophie. Sophie Jean Tuck. I won't try. Because, uh, but yeah, she she draws in in Greece pencil and the douse. He he does three uh, D and I'm super amazed about what he does. 
yeah, like grease pencil is really awesome. I want to try it as well soon, like as like a fun experiment for myself. Like it's really helpful when it comes to like it's the, that's really unique stylus texturing, you know, kind of you know look that gives you like a scene or acid. Like grease pencil is amazing. Like I really want to get into it soon as well. And let's see, what are you working on right now that you can tell? Actually, all right, let me tell you something interesting. I think. The first work of you that I saw was the Japanese alleyway somewhere, but I forgot. But what caught my eye recently that your actually grease pencil posts, I it was popping off everywhere on Twitter, LinkedIn. Like, you know, that's when I said, wait, I think I know her. I've seen her works before. And yeah, I was like, yeah, oh, shit, I, sh- I probably should invite her to the podcast. <laughs> so, you know, want to explain a little bit, you know, on what are you doing right now, aside from the projects you can talk about. And also tell us a little bit about your experience working on the Grease Pencil scene as well. Right now I'm working uh, in Donut company, which is a French company. They made uh, Life is Strange. Uh, that's like the, the, the most uh, famous one. Um, yeah, also people from there, like they're artists I love, like my my art director, his his name is uh, Sam Bradley. His art is so cool, and yeah, well, I can I, I I could mention all of them, but uh, with Grease Pencil, I um, I I I discover the tutorial of the Deus <laughs> in YouTube. And uh, because I do, I model, I uh, do UV maps and all of that all day, eight hours a day. So when I discovered that technique, I fell in love because you draw in 3D, but it's 3D. So that really helps with the perspective and you can combine it with uh, with shaders, aligning. And like for me, it was like, wow, I need to try this technique. And uh, yeah, that, I just I just experimenting a lot with that. It's kind of new, so um, I'm, I'm thinking of making some tutorials in Spanish because there's not a lot in Spanish. And um, but um, it, it, because the way I did that last environment was. His tutorial was the first step. Like I had to watch like twenty, like uh, take twenty techniques of different parts and combine it with my own knowledge. Um, so it's uh, it's really really interesting. And yeah, people seem seem to seem to like it. <laughs> All right, and. What area beside the area you're working on right now, which is of course related to art and you know creative stuff, would you be interested to explore and learn in the future or do in the future? Like basically, what other non-art-related stuff you have going on in your life that you want to do or you're doing? Like completely not related, by the way. Not related to 3D art. Art in general. Art in general. Art in general. I think everything I do is a bit related to art. Like uh, I, I like to play instruments. <laughs> so you, uh, I like to make uh, covers, or I'm trying to have a have a band here in in Canada. Like trying to focus more on the on that part. Uh, I have French, where we talked about before. 
and uh, it's taking time as well. I uh, try. try I, I'm also trying to get to a more uh, physical side because I I'm always sitting <laughs> in everything I do. So I was thinking. I swim a lot. I walk a lot. I used to do uh, taekwondo, but uh, I stopped because of work. When I arrived here, I tried to get back to it, but um, it was mostly kids. <laughs> so I, I don't know if I can have the time to get back to it and, and have enough time to, to practice uh, to the level I was. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't know, I, I'll probably try to get to the gym or something so I can move my body. <laughs> Yeah, that's actually a good idea. And yeah, Taekwondo is weird because like Taekwondo and Karate, these two, like as an adult, it's going to be really hard to find actually gyms that have like adult classes and students yeah. because it's mostly like, you know, kids like Jesus, like, uh, but I mean, on, a, on the other side, like, you know, if you go to Muay Thai class or wrestling school, like they're mostly adults, it's reverse, you know? So if you're, you know, willing to get a little bit more violent, I guess those routes are good. I mean, jujitsu is always a great option, by the way. Like, you know, I used to train like jujitsu for three years here, but then I stopped COVID, a lot of stuff happened. Yeah, mm. I, but I'm trying to get back to which, yeah, kind of not really possible here. Um, but yeah, like jujitsu is also a great option as well. It's not super hard on the body. And it's also like, it's really fun, you know, in a way, like what I mean by fun is that it's like physical chess. So you, it, the, really, the problem solving is real. You need to actually think before you get, or you get checkmated, like, you know. And it's not like made up rules by some sensei, like in China, who made the traditional ways of how to do this sport. No, it's actually like the rules are based on physiology and like science. Like, if you don't go by them, you you, you lose. And that's the beauty of it. That's why I like it. You know, it, there, it, there's, there, it's a no bullshit sport to me. And yeah, it's useful in most cases, you know, for everyone. So yeah, that's a great option as well. Yeah, I could I could try to to look that up. The one I found was uh, kickboxing as well because I really like the kicking part. <laughs> oh, but, uh, I see. But what I liked about taekwondo is that it was not just the like the aggressive, you could say, part of the battle is not the worst in English but it's also like the mental part like you have to do like like you have to learn like really well the technique and you have these forms I don't know if that's a word in English uh, where you have to learn all of this uh, it, it, it's kind of like a dance but I, I love that equilibrium and it felt a bit like school so I was interested in that part, but as I said, it's also like very time demanding. So yeah, probably something more relaxed. Not, I'm not that young. <laughs> yeah. How about what was the name of the sport? It was actually Brazilian sport capoeira, something like that. Capoeira, capoeira. How about that? Yeah, you should like be. that. Yeah, I could. I could try. Yeah, like I mean, it's really interesting. Like. Mm, the, the reason I like that because the people who actually practice and are really good at it, like their movements are so fluid and it's like just so fun to watch, you know? And yeah, it has an art aspect to it as well. Like because yeah. of course it's dancing mixed with martial arts, but yeah. 
My mar- Marshalls are a really fascinating subject for me, like, honestly. <laughs> and well, 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 we've reached the final question and section of the podcast, which is called Time Capsule. All right, let me explain. Imagine you're in this escape pod of a spaceship, all right? And the doors are locked. You're alone. You're about to get ejected into space. And there's no way to save you, all right? So these are going to be your last moments. And there's a countdown timer above your door that, you know, is counting down to zero. And then at zero, it just push, get sent to space. And yeah. no one will ever hear or <laughs> see you or anything like that. Now, in that situation, like before the countdown turns to zero, there's like a like console. You can record some voice logs or video logs um, for the people that might, you know, discover what happened to you, you know. And this is like basically the your last opportunity to say anything you want, like, you know, to ex- basically your last opportunity ever to express yourself. So in that moment, what would you say from yourself, a human being to another human being who might listen to that log at any point of time in future? Like, yeah. What do you have to say? Well, that's a very hard question. <laughs> oh, God. Um... I don't know if if I don't have enough time to think, I I would just say like nothing really matters. Like in the end, Re- wait, related to art? It have to be. Sorry, I had to untangle my microphone for a second. No, actually, completely non-art related. Like I mean, here's the thing: there's it's going to be your right. last minutes. Yes, last minutes you could ever say anything. And you're just going to talk about art. I mean, funnily enough. Funny enough, some of the guests of the podcast actually did that, and I was kind of annoyed, but I didn't say anything in the end. <laughs> but yeah. What? what, what? Okay. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. So uh, I was saying nothing really matters. So just try to enjoy those those little moments that life uh, gives to you, because sometimes, yeah, it, it can be really hard. You can get like really overwhelmed by by everything because. I mean, you, your life is everything to you and uh, you're constantly trying to get, uh, be happy, trying to get uh, a better quality of life and all of that. But uh, I think it's also important to enjoy it, like the little things that life gives to you, like find the beauty in, I don't know, the, the, the stars or whatever you like. And if you are lucky enough to find your your passion, what you're passionate about, just uh, try try to do that. Awesome. That's yeah, a really hard question. <laughs> that's the point of it, you know, because here's the thing. A lot of the guests of the podcast, you know, always tell me, hey, could you send me like a list of the questions that you might ask before the podcast? And I'm like, no. Do you know why? Because if I gave them the questions before the podcast, I couldn't be able to put them on the spot with these type of questions, you know? Like uh, mm-hmm. another question, like, you know, your favorite artists and designers that I ask you, you were kind of having a hard time answering, right? But you came up with some, your brain came up with some names. Though That's actually the real answer I wanted. Not yeah. the answer you researched and made like, you know, every single bullet point. No, 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 no. Even with this, especially with this question, you know? It's a really hard question to answer because the situation is really normal. People don't really think about this stuff, <laughs> you know, these yeah. type of situations. But when you put it into the spot, your brain has to come up with an answer. And you're probably you're probably afraid that, oh, I don't want my answer to be cliche, but you have to say something. So whatever you're going to say in that moment is going to be a real answer based on everything you ever experienced in life. 
So I think your answer was actually really good as well, to be honest, you know, because, yeah, like, you know, you're worrying about that deadline, you're worrying about that thing, you're worrying about the result of that test while that life is happening around you. You're missing out on everything for the result, like something, you know, in the future, which I get it. Like, I'm not going to pretend like I'm some sort of Zen master or something like that. I get worried. I get like that, too. Sometimes I have to remind myself of that as well. But, yeah, try to enjoy the little things, you know. Make your... Yeah, because it, it's also a balance, and that that's something I learned also during this pandemic. That if all days are good, like all days start feeling generic, so being sad is kind of also like a part of happiness. So it's like a, really important to just feel, like feel everything at the same time, which can be a bit contradictory. With I just said, like nothing really matters and all of that, but. Uh, I don't know, it's, it's life, it's super complex. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and well, and with that being said, we've reached the end of this episode. Thank you so much for coming by. Where can people contact you if they had any questions? Is their Instagram account okay? Yeah, sure. All right, awesome. So the Instagram account is linked down below and it's also tagged in the post on Instagram. If you're watching, seeing the post on Instagram page of the podcast as well. And as always, if there's any comments, critiques, or suggestions, you can leave them down in the comment section down below. And as always, stay safe and take care, everyone. Till next episode. Bye-bye.